Praise the Lord, everyone. It's great to be with you here in California in your camp meeting. We had a long way to come, but we finally got here, and we're glad to be here. Praise the Lord. And I've enjoyed your worship and your praise and singing tonight. You know what? You worship and praise just like we do in Louisiana. Good. And it makes me feel at home. Yes. I love the Lord tonight. I tell you, I'm so glad that I know him and he yes. knows me. Yes. And uh, I was thinking tonight, well, uh, you're part of my family. And so I just came down here, you know, just to visit part of my family that's going to be mine when we all get to heaven. I'm just so glad to be here, and uh, I love all of you, and it's just a privilege for us to be here in California. God bless us. Praise the Lord. Say, God bless us to Barnes. We're so happy they could come. Praise the Lord. Brother Barnes is going to come minister to us. Now, I know you've been really in, in the services, and you've been having a great time all day, but nothing helps faith any better than you putting your mind and your heart and your energies behind the men of God when he goes to preach. Are you awake? I want all the preachers that ever ask somebody to back you up, I don't want to see you sitting there looking glum and, you know, kind of looking like you're just listening. I want you to preach with him. Say amen, preachers. Say amen, preachers. Yeah, you can tell the church, don't hit nobody. I just want the Lord to do something for us tonight. And I realize that the Lord put a value upon one mind and one accord. Now, if our minds are all scattered and we leave it all up to the preacher, then you're going to be disappointed because God wants one mind and one accord. Let's all say it, one mind. One accord. I'm behind the preacher. I believe the word. I'll let God work tonight. I'll cooperate with the Holy Ghost tonight. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. The Holy Ghost is right here tonight. Brother Barnes. Well, this is the night. And uh, we might tell the devil now he can leave. He's not going to get any praise from me. And if he leaves now, he can walk. But if he hangs around, he may have to run. Glory, hallelujah. I'd like to, uh, well, let's say it. The devil's weak. And Jesus is strong. Glory. God bless you, Brother Wheeler. Oh, bless your heart. Turn that faith loose tonight. Glory. Hallelujah. I would like to explain just a few things. Uh, I, when I leave a camp or a place, I don't want people to think that I took it all with me. I labor to leave it with you. Everything I know, I leave it with you. Now, there's three kinds of healing. 
One is natural. You're born with that. There's some way or another, if you uh, take a bad cold, or if you'll take all the medication you can get a hold of, so Reader's Digest said, you'll get well in seven days. If you don't take anything at all, you'll get well in seven days. Now that's a natural healing that's in the body. And of course we ate it sometime, you know. It hurt to take a few vitamins. I never could tell whether they helped me too much or not. Uh, I have a hard time. I've drank whole cans of pet milk trying to gain a few pounds. It just won't work. <laughs> then there's a, a mental healing. These are all natural. If you think right, be positive, you won't have near as many ulcers. And you'll be happier. If you look for good, good will come. If you look for the devil, he'll come. If you look for God's angels, they'll come. If you look for the devils, they'll come. Whatever you look for is what you'll get. Now these are natural things. And, uh, but there, the third one is divine healing. There comes a time when disease will advance beyond nature. Medical aid, vitamins, mental uh, powers and all of that. And then death will come unless we can touch God for divine healing. Now, divine healing comes direct from the Almighty God, and it's already taken care of. In the mind of Jesus Christ, every sinner on earth is saved. All he has to do is accept it. The plan is complete, totally, 100%. It won't cost him a dime. All he has to do is get on his prayer bones and accept God's plan by faith. And it's his. In the mind of God, it's already done. He healed every sick person on the face of the earth when he stood in Pilate's hall and was whipped. As far as he's concerned, it's done. All you've got to do is accept it. It's yours. It's at your fingertips right now. Amen. Everybody say, by his stripes, we were healed. You see, it's done. All right, let me explain faith now to you. I want you to understand this if you forget everything else. Your faith is not supposed to be in me or in the wisdom of men, Paul said. There are four great foundational doctrines. The word, the blood, the name, and the Holy Ghost. And all these are one. Your faith must be anchored. Your spiritual anchor must be anchored in these four foundational truths or your waver. But let's put our faith where it belongs in his plan and in his word. Amen. 
Now, if you do these things, you're on right foundation. Things are going to happen. Praise God. Now, uh, don't want anyone to feel. If you don't get what you came here looking for, I hope you do. Uh, by tomorrow night, that you missed it. I want you to know one thing. If you take this name that I preached about tonight and the faith that I'm going to talk about tonight with you, it can happen anywhere, any place. The Lord has a way of doing these things. I know I prayed for a preacher, a whole bunch of people one night, growths on their bodies, and they disappeared, but he had one on his foot, and he said his didn't disappear. But on the way home, he reached down to scratch the place, and he said, hey, it's gone. Then a fellow walked up to me one day and he said, uh, I used to be an unbeliever, but he said, I'm a believer now. I said, oh, yeah. I said, what? Tell me about it. He said, well, my wife was a hopeless cripple. She came to your meeting and you prayed for her. I came in that night. She was in the bed and said, I like to mock, make fun of Pentecostals anyhow. So I said, well, did you get your healing tonight? She said, oh, yes. I had really told her, you know, it's done. If you face in the right place, it's done. Just, I don't know when it'll happen, but it's done. She said, oh, said, I'm healed, but I can't walk yet, but I am going to walk. And he said, oh, that's what they say. He said, the pastor book said, that's one way to get rid of them, you know, you know. Go on. Said he went to bed. And he said about four o'clock he heard the office noise. He jumped up out of the bed and there was his wife out on the floor jumping straight up and down screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Yeah. Praise God. So you see, you never know when it's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen. It's up to the Lord. It's up to the Lord. He does it, you know, in his own time and his own way. But we love to see it happen, especially if you're hurting. I never did like pains, you. All right, let me tell you this now to let you understand. We, uh, we're going we're gonna to deal with some devils tonight that uh, may be out under outside of these four walls. I believe firmly with all of our heart that many of our children that was dedicated to the Lord, reared in a Pentecostal church, grew up and then drifted away. As a scripture said, train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Now in the Old Testament, when David came back and he found the enemy had stole his, all of their wives and their children, Brother, he encouraged himself and the Lord, and he went after the enemy. And he slew them, and he brought his children back. Well, that's the way they did it then. But today, the devil, perhaps somewhere tonight, has your boy or your girl's mind. And you that dedicated that child and put the word in it have the authority tonight 
to command that devil to let them alone. They're still a free moral agent, but you can this night bind the devil in Jesus' name. Everybody said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Praise God. So we're going to try to reach somebody out yonder, you know. Way out yonder tonight. But I want to tell you this so we can get rid of fear here tonight. Oh, you'll just never know how much the name and the blood means to us, you know. Not too long ago, one of my members brought a witch to my office. She was born in Germany, reared in witchcraft. Her parents before her were witches. They dealt in black magic. They could move objects and put curses on people and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she had come to our city and one of our members ran into her and pleaded and begged her to come to my office. When she came in, I could see she was completely, totally devil-possessed. And she said to me, she said, Your God don't answer prayer. Mine does. When I talk to my God, he talks back to me. I tried to talk to your God, and he wouldn't talk to me. I said, You didn't talk right. Amen. She said, I don't know why I'm here. She said, I have a key I hang on the wall. And she said, if I'm going to go somewhere, I ask Satan. She said, I worship Satan. I ask him to move the key one way or the other. And said, tonight, I ask him, would it be all right for me to come over, go over to that preacher and talk to him? And said, if it is, swing the key to the right. And she said, he went to the right. Well, I said, I don't know who swung the key. But I know the devil don't make a habit of sending his clients over to me. She said, I'm going to prove to you that my God can move. And I had some big swinging lights hanging up over my desk. She leaped to her feet with her eyes dancing like snake eyes. And she began to swing. I said, just a minute. You'll never be able to move a thing in this office. I said, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that you say don't answer prayer, is right here in this office, and you'll never move a thing. She said, oh, yes. She leveled off and she tried, but she failed. She couldn't even move the curtains. She couldn't move nothing. She finally backed up and looked at me with that surprised look. She said, I can't move a thing in here. I said, no, there's a power here greater than the power you're serving. Hallelujah.
She said, all right. She said, uh, have you ever had any spirits stand by your bed at night? I said, oh, yeah, I had a few. She said, all right. She left. She told my member, she said, that preacher won't sleep tonight. She said, I'm sending my spirits over to his bed. Keep him awake tonight. She said, you don't know my pastor. She said, if he don't sleep, it'll be because he's out trying to help somebody. Before I lay my head on the pillow that night, I said, now, Lord, I know what she's planning to do. So I take authority and dominion over every demon she sends over here, and I command them to go back and do to her what she told them to do to me. I went to sleep in two minutes, and it didn't look like I was ever going to wake up the next morning. I slept good. Two or three days, I got a call. She was just about, she said, preacher. She said, I'm about to climb the wall. She said, I gotta have help. I said, what in the world's the matter? Oh, she said, them spirits I sent over there come back and they have stood by my bed for three days and nights and I'm about to climb the wall. What am I gonna do? I said, first of all, don't ever send, try to send your spirits over to a Jesus name, one God tongue talking saint. I said, get on your knees and repent. Well, she said, I put a curse on my mother-in-law and a lot of folks would like to do that, you know. I always love mine, but. She said, she's dying. And uh, I can't get it off of her. Said, I'm feeling bad now. I said, you witches always send your spirits with hate. If you'll stop hating your mother-in-law and love her and repent, the spell will break. She said, you've told me the truth, preacher. The first time, she said, I've been to doctors and psychiatrists, I've been everywhere. But said, you've told me things about myself. And I had told, talked to her about other things that no one else knew. I said, you need to talk to my Lord. You need to talk to Jesus. Because you're God, Satan is making you miserable and wretched and undone. Wherever Satan is, people are depressed. They've got the blues. They're down and out. But thank God where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and there's liberty and there's light and there's power. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I never was so happy in my life for the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in it. Everybody say there's power in the name. I believe it now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right now. Don't scatter your faith. If you've got a squirrel and tree, one shell, you don't shoot start trying to shoot all over the tree because you don't have a one shell. 
we find the squirrel. Let's focus our faith in Jesus' name, knowing that it is based upon the living word. Now, the Lord loves this congregation tonight. I've got scripture to back it up because he loves a cheerful giver, and you've been a given tonight. And what did he do? He promised to give to us. Press down. Didn't he? Everybody say, do it, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I feel all right. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to read some scripture here tonight and teach you just a little bit more about my text tonight will be words that work wonders. Words that will work wonders. Wouldn't you like to be able to speak some words that would work wonders? All right, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us we can. And Peter, this is 11 chapter, 21st verse. And when he was come, he went into the city, and in the morning, as, would you stand, please? And in the morning, as uh, they passed by, they saw the fig tree died from the roots that Jesus had cursed. And Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Let it sink in. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, That's making it personal. That whosoever, say that whosoever. That includes you and me and everybody. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say it with me. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Let's don't get mental faith mixed up with Holy Ghost faith tonight. There's two kinds of faith. There's a mental faith that sure is good to sell insurance and to be a success in raising peas and popcorn and what have you. But let's don't get this mixed up with Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, Bible faith. This is real, genuine, living faith that come from Jesus Christ. He placed it within your heart when he saved you. Now he wants us to speak words of faith that will work wonders in our own life. 
in our church, in our city, wheresoever we may go, he would have us to speak words of faith. Amen. The world is literally dying for a breath of faith. It isn't enough, ministers, to build a church. Middle faith, fourth dimension, middle faith. The dimension of vibration. It's a good dimension, it's, but it's like a telephone. A saint can use it or an outlaw can use it. This is the dimension where the poets get their poems and the songwriters begin inspiration and all of that. And some of it good, but the witches also operate in this dimension of vibration. But there is one of stillness where the spirit moves. It's settled. Us ministers cannot tell if we're a success just because our church is growing. God will always give us bread for the little starving lambs, whether we're right or not. The only way we, we can know for sure everything's all right, get along with God, in a secret place. You don't talk to him about the church. You don't talk to him about the organization. You talk to him about yourself. You and the Lord alone. Ministers, we must have that fresh dew from heaven upon our lives every day or we can backslide in the pulpit winning thousands to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm in this to get my own soul saved. I've got to stay in contact. It would be terrible for the Lord to come take my church and leave me. I've got to have that walk alone with him. Alone with him. Let's love him before we see it. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, saint of God, how long has it been since you felt the touch of God in your closet? It isn't enough to get it at church. You're getting a blessing maybe that somebody else has prayed down. How is it with you and the Lord when you're alone? This is a gauge. This is what will tell you if you're ready for the rapture. Amen. Yes, yes. 
praise God. supernatural spirit of God is moving in this place tonight the power of God is present in every human being here tonight miracle power of God surrounds us, flows through us. We live in it. We move in it. We have our being in it. The power of God is flowing tonight. Glory. wonders
front porch as you look down that long dusty road been praying a long time for his return but nothing he could do until he spoke those words he had to wait he had to wait for him to speak words that would work wonders in his life finally he saw him and he got up and he started running and they ran to meet one another and he threw his arms around that son that said father I've sinned against thee and heaven. I'm no worthy, longer worthy to be called one of your, uh, your son, but just a servant. The father turned and he said, go get the fatted calf. Amen. In other words, roll out the red carpet. He spoke the right words. Words that will work wonders. Father, I've sinned. I'm coming home. Don't tell me the Father won't hear you, backslider. Amen, amen. And don't tell me you can't speak these words. You can do it. And you will do it. Because the Holy Ghost is talking to you tonight. Another fellow said, Lord, my servant is sick. The Lord said, I'll come and heal him. He said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. And it happened, why? He spoke words that work wonders. He spoke words that moved Jesus. Words like this always move him. He has never changed. He's the same tonight. You can speak words that'll work wonders right where you're sitting tonight. I'll go back to the Old Testament. I find a man. You know, it's easy to say, uh, I'll trust him. You know, a lot of folks say, when you begin to talk about trusting the Lord, they think that means somebody that never has took any medicine. I ain't talking about that. There's a thousand ways to trust the Lord. It's easy when the sun's shining. It's easy when you got money in the bank and all your children are well. But if all of a sudden you went bankrupt, nothing left. And then they come running in, all of your children's been killed in a cyclone. And he drags the last of them out from under all that rubbish and buries him. Last young, none left. Now he's sick. His friends are gone. His wife is backslid and curse God and die. But here's a man that spoke some words that shook heaven. It shook hell. All the power of words of faith. He lifted that tear-stained face with balls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And he said, don't he slay me, yet I'll trust him. Had 
God refused to hear him. Every angel in heaven would have wept. Yes. Every devil in hell would have shouted. Yes, yes, yes. But God could not refuse this. This kind of faith touched him. These words touched him. And they still touch him. I'll never give up. Hallelujah. Well, you know the story. He got all of his wealth back. He got his health back. I'll tell you something on top of that he got. He's already an old man. When this happened to him, the fellow had 10 kids and you know, accumulate all that wealth. He wasn't no young fella. He's like me, getting old. Ready to die in a year or two, a few years. And you know what God did? Because he spoke words that weren't wonders, he gave him another 140 years. He lived 140 years and he had the best looking girls in all the land. Oh yeah, praise God. Devil, I'm gonna show you something. He didn't have maybe but 10 years left, but I'm gonna give him 140. Him to walk around here and let you know, old boy, that you messed up, you lied. You lied on Job. He never has been known to do anything but lie. I don't know why Pentecostal people ever listen at him. Show him the door. Don't ever let him come in and sit down and talk to you. I tell him to shut up. Let me talk to you, old boy. Amen. In Jesus' name, just shut up. I said, just hold on a minute. There's an angel shining up that chain now to wrap it around your neck. Come back, devil. Come back here. Wait, don't run off. I ain't through. When you get to preaching chains, hell, fire, and brimstone, you think he's going to hang around? When you begin to preach the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the wonderful thing about us, if we're cleansed by his blood, covered by his blood, and we're running the devil somewhere, he don't know what he's met Jesus. We're his sons and daughters, covered with the blood, and he can't stand the blood. Words that work wonders. God cannot refuse words of faith. Amen. He will not. He don't want to. Praise God. All right. Here is a young fellow here in 1 Samuel 17, 46. And you know the story well. And some of you young folks say, well, I've heard about David. And I know it by heart. Preacher, what do you want to get? Once you get on something new, I want to know what you've done with your lion and bear. What have you done with your Goliath? This is put in there so you know you're supposed to kill a lion and a bear when he gets after you and you're supposed to kill your Goliath. Have you done it? Or have you, have you, have you built a fence and put him in and feed him to sort of keep him, you know, off of you, you know? Amen. Praise God. I've one way to do it, and that's attack his hide to the barn. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now David came out there to see the soldiers and to bring his uh, brother something to eat. And lo and behold, there was Goliath. And he watched the armies of Israel run back up the hill when the old boy approached them. 
for 40 days they'd run them from down the valley up the hill. They probably wore all the grass and everything else out, go running back up from the Goliath. And here's the difference in their faith and David's faith. Listen at it. This will get the job done tonight. Praise God. They believe God could. But here stands a young fellow that believed God would. There's a whole lot of difference in believing God can and believing God will. He will always do what he said he would do. It's the will of God for him to confirm his word. All right, let's see what David said here. I like these words that work wonders. Yes, sir, let's see. Everybody say it with me. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Let's say this day again. You see, he gets it right down to right now. Right now, God's the God of now. Amen. If you're waiting on him to get any stronger, he'll never be any stronger. If you're waiting on him to get any wiser, he'll never be any wiser. If you're waiting on him maybe to get up enough of power to work your miracle that's so hard, well, uh, it's just too bad. He's had it all time. He's got it right now. Amen. He's just as willing to work right now as he'll be 10 years from now. And every one of us could have got saved before we did get saved if we'd have tried. Wouldn't God's fault that some of us didn't get saved 10 years before we did? It was our fault. And if you stay sick, year in and year out, it's your fault. It isn't God's. What did the Apostle Paul say about folks that were dying before the time? He said they have not discerned the Lord's body. There's something missing you. They have not understood the body, the body. Now we understand the blood that cleanses from all sin, don't we? He said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you'll have no life. Eat my flesh, what do you mean? This is for divine healing. To drink his blood, to believe in it is for... Let it sink in. David said this day, right now, I'm going to meet you, Goliath, in the name of the Lord. This day, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. Now, here runs a little old boy across the field, talking that big. You can talk big when you know the name and you know the power of the blood. Hallelujah. His faith was not in his armor. No, sir, it was not in experience of fighting Philistines. His experience had been in the woods talking to God. And whenever he saw that old giant cursing the armies of Israel, he said, this day, I'm going to bring you down. Amen. Oh, if David could be here tonight in this grace dispensation, he'd say, some of you out there, if you just take the name of Jesus, you've been afflicted, old Goliath of disease has got you down. 
He's been walking on you. But if you'll just take the name of the Lord and say today, tonight, it's all over. You'll walk out with Goliath's head. Amen. Victory. Praise God. Wonderful words of three teenagers. Oh, how I love these boys. Uh, everybody say it with me. You know the Hebrew boys. If it be so. Our God is able. Say it again. Our God is able to deliver us. But if not. There they are. There's the words that got heaven's attention. Our God's able, but if not. Let's say the rest of it. We will not serve our gods. Can you hear Gabriel Michael saying, you want us to run down there right quick, Lord, and see what we can do for those boys? He said, no, I'm going down there myself. Amen. I, hallelujah. Praise God. They spoke words and worked wonders. It brought God out of heaven right down into that fiery furnace. And time they got the boys all bound and, and threw them in there, he had the air condition on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I imagine they said, Lord, it's sure good to see you. If you hadn't been here, we'd have been fried like those fellows that threw us in. But if not, we'll not bow. We'll not turn our backs on him. You know, a lot of folks seem to think that the best time to believe God is when the sun is shining and everything's great and you feel good. No, sir, I don't know. God is a God that meets us in crisis. There's something about it. Amen. If you'll watch it, he showed up just in time for these boys. He showed up just in time for Daniel. Something about a crisis. When you speak the right words in the midst of a crisis, amen. Get ready. God's going to move. He's never changed. Praise God. Here was poor old Paul and Silas in that jail. They couldn't clap their hands. They couldn't pat their feet. But they could sing. Hallelujah. And they didn't sing none of this rock stuff either. Oh, no. Uh -uh. No, sir, they couldn't tell, sing one of these songs. You didn't know whether it's talking about the Lord or the world. I want you to, whatever they sing, brother, they sing something that got heaven's attention. Amen, amen, amen. I imagine the Lord has to slam the door on a lot of church service because of the wild music. Bang, I can't stand no more of that. Take it and go. Amen. But oh, they begin to sing at the midnight hour. 
They sang a song. I'll never forget I had to sing one night. I, one day, I got a call. Emergency. A lady called, said, run, pastor, Brother Barnes. They, would not, they were members of another church. This fellow was a preacher and his wife had run off and left him and come back devil-possessed and gone berserk and after him with a butcher knife. And, and brother... When I got there, I run, you know, if preacher, he sometimes he ought to stop and think before he runs. <laughs> but the Lord wanted me to go. And when I got there in that great big old living room, uh, she's over in the corner of that butcher knife, and he's standing out here in the middle, and there's a big handful of his hair laying on the floor where she'd got it. And brother, she looked wild. I said, what a mess I've got in. Brother, she looked like she'd just soon stick that knife in me as him. It didn't matter to her who. Just anybody. Anybody come along. I said, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? He said, sing. <laughs> well, I can't sing too well, you know. You know, you, I learned my voice preaching. You sing, you know, and that'll make the devil mad if you can't sing good. You know, you got to sing sweet and ball. Oh, it don't agitate this thing, you know, with a coarse, cracked-up voice like mine. But he said, sing. I said, what? There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. I started singing. And I started walking. Round and around that big old living room. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. On and on and on. And finally the preacher got behind me and started to sing. Round and around we went. And we'd pass her. And I'd say, in Jesus' name, take care of her. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wasn't well, long she joined up. We had a trio. We're singing away. There's a fountain filled with blood. Ever sinner could plunge beneath and wash all of his sins away. And after a while, I felt it was time to turn around and lay hands on her. Tears begin to stream from their faces. The devils left. I left them with their arms around one another and little children coming up a little closer, hanging on. Their songs that works wonders. Amen. There's testimonies that works wonders. How many Pentecostals has a testimony tonight that would turn somebody upside down? You'd only do it. But oh God, help us. Then we've got to learn the language of faith. How does faith talk? Here it is in Genesis 22 and 5. Everybody say it with me. I and the lad will go and come again to you. The Lord told Abraham to take his son, his only son, and offer him up as a sacrifice. 
And he told the servants, you stay here. And he said, uh, I and the lad will go, but we're coming back. Well, wait a minute, Abraham, you, you're supposed to offer him up as a sacrifice. He said, but we're coming back. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're coming back. He promised. He's got, he made a promise that through Isaac's seed, the whole earth would be blessed. If I burn him and the ashes fall off of the altar, God's got to resurrect him from the dead and bring him back. I'm bringing the lad back with me. Language of faith that shook heaven. Learn how to say it. Then, listen to this. Numbers 13 and 30, everybody said, we are well able to overcome it. Now those are the words of Joshua and Caleb. We are well able when everybody else is full of fear and trembling. They had faith in God. Faith said we're well able. Everybody say we're well able. We have faith to have revival from one end of California to the other. We have the name that's above every name in heaven and in earth. This is the church that he died for. We have a right to revival. We're believing part. It's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let me read to you the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The words Jesus said that I speak unto you, they're spirit and they are life. There's no other book in the whole world like this one. These words are spirit and life. Life to your flesh. You can have it tonight. Now somebody's thinking, well, does God do those great things today? Over Texas, who's having a healing service outside the tabernacle. I want to prepare your mind to believe God for anything, anything. And the preacher's still over there, still pastoring the same girl. At eight years old, she had polio. One foot, it never grew anymore. At 16 years old, she had a little foot and leg. And we was praying for the sick, and the Lord had just opened the boy's eye that had been born blind, and he was seeing and jumping. A lady came up with a gorilla on her neck, and, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's leaving. Before you get back to your cabin there, it'll be gone. And before I could turn around, she's running back screaming and hollering, it's gone, it's gone, see, it's gone. And this young lady ran up to me. She said, if God can do that, he can make my foot grow. Yes. She had 
a shoe the same size, but she had it packed with rags or whatever in there. And I prayed for her, and she sat down right there. She said, my foot's growing. And she had to pull her shoe off. She had to take it all out. In minutes, the foot grew out and leg completely normal. She spoke words that worked wonders. She said, God did that, he'll do this for me. Hallelujah, I believe it. That night I set her in front in the uh, tabernacle, the camp campground in Texas. She pulled her shoes off. I said, put both feet on the floor, your heels. And I called for some ministers. I said, which foot that got healed? And nobody could tell unless they knew her. They were perfectly normal. When that foot began to grow, you know what happened? A young lady come running up to me. She said, if God can make that foot grow, she had a baby finger. You've seen that? This finger right here was a baby finger. I took it and prayed for it. The next day she come running up to me and said, look, same length of the others. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This was done before hundreds of preachers. They know all about the, these miracles that I'm talking about because there's nothing too hard for God. It's us that block it. Our thoughts can block it. One thought can separate you from faith. You got to believe. You got to see it. You remember how easy it was for the Lord to make flesh and bones? With that serpent, every time Moses turned around, he was throwing that old rod down and he'd turn to a real snake. That snake had flesh and bones and eyeballs and just like any other snake. Just any time God wanted to, instantly he could create bones. I'm saying that for the benefit of some of you that need some bones took care of here. I want you to know that he is an expert. One day he fed 5,000 with two fish. He caught them, cleaned them, fried them, handed them out. Oh, not with a fishing pole. He didn't need a fishing pole. He didn't need a net because he's God. And every time he stuck his hand in that basket, the miracle was taking place. Bones were being created. I don't guess he filleted them. But they was ready to eat. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. When he wanted to give that little water woman enough for all to pay off all of her debts, he didn't have to go out somewhere and drill all well. He just spoke it into existence. When he needed some meal, he didn't have to plant a 40-acre uh, farm of corn and, and, and gather it and take it to the grist mill and grind it up. He just said, this meal barrel will not be empty until this drought is over. You see, the other day these scientists are saying now that faith can move atoms. I knew it all the time. 
Been doing it for years. Amen. Atoms are God's building blocks. He can create eyeballs, bones, anything else he wants to do. Just the word of faith. And the creative miracle happens instantly. Oh, just to believe. I was at a meeting. Medical doctor was making a talk on the power of God. And uh, it's Dr. Hathorne in Shreveport. And he said, do I believe in miracles? He said, sure. He said, with all of my heart. He said, I was in the Louisiana camp, out in a little tabernacle with Brother Barnes and some more preachers. And there was a little girl there, one leg shorter than the other. It got broken, and instead of the, uh, uh, the bone growing back together right, it formed a gristle around uh, the break, and it didn't grow. And the family finally caught it. It was too late. And they were scheduled to do surgery. They said, we can take this gristle off, but uh, the leg will never catch up with the other one. It'll always be an inch or inch and a half short or whatever it was. You could see her all over the campground hopping. And he said, Brother Barnes said, young lady, in the name of Jesus, start running toward the tabernacle. When you get there, it'll be well. And she started running. By the time she got there, it was well, same length as the other. God instantly took that that growed around on the outside and put it in there. Got a medical doctor to witness it and knows it happened. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen, amen. When she landed over there, 28 got the Holy Ghost. Glory to God, hallelujah. That's just like the Lord. Everybody say it, he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I was called to Brother Lowe's daughter, bedside. It was in an automobile accident. The boy was killed. It was a few years ago. Her collarbone broke, stuck into her windpipe, cut the oxygen off. She was a vegetable. She'd been lying in the bed six weeks. The doctor said she'd never regain consciousness. She'd be uh, that way the rest of her life. They have to feed her. We walked in there. The Lord spoke to my heart what to do. We joined hands, the nurses, everybody, and uh, prayed in Jesus' name. Oh, that sweet, powerful name. How of God went through her, she regained consciousness. Said to her girlfriend, stand over, said, what are you doing here? She said, I'm hungry. She's a school teacher today. God worked a miracle and restored her mind. God, that had to be a creative miracle. God can create 
My uh, granddaughter was up here a while ago, her grandmother, a few years ago, on her daddy's side. Uh, uh, she had emphysema in the last stage. She took flu. And then on top of that, she took double pneumonia and she was lying in the hospital dying. They called me, the family, they were not Pentecostal. Would I come and pray? When I got there, the doctor saw me. He walked out and said, come here. He said, I know you pray. And he said, she's dying. And said, she's fixing to leave all of these children. He said, she's not an old woman. He said, would you go in there and pray for her? I said, will you go in and pray with me, doctor? He said, yes, I will. We put the family out. The nurse went in with us. There she lay, just barely able to get a little breath. Just, just She was just dying. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon me, and I grabbed her by the arm and set her up and slapped her in the back and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, breathe to the bottom of your lungs. And she opened her mouth, and it went all the way down, and she just breathed and breathed and breathed and relaxed. God worked a miracle. He filled her with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. It still happens if we learn to speak words. And Jesus said, whosoever, not just a preacher, even Jesus himself could do no miracles in his hometown because of unbelief. But wherever he could find people that would speak words of faith, he could meet them there and they would be healed. So you see, it's important for you. Don't depend on the other fellow to do it. You speak words that'll work wonders. You say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea. I'll illustrate this and then we're closing with a prayer. Now he said in one place, he said, if you say on the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up of the roots and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. Okay. We speak to the tree and what do we see? We see it coming up out of the ground. We see the roots coming up, don't we? It's going all the way up in the air and it's headed for the sea. We'd have to go far here, would it? But from my place, it'd have to go a long ways to get over here. But it wouldn't matter. And you watch that old tree fall in the middle of the ocean. And then it goes down until finally the last leaf disappears. Goodbye. It's gone. What am I saying? When you, when you believe for something, see it jerked up with the roots, cast out. Watch it sink in the sea forever. Gone forever. So learn to speak to your mountain. In Jesus' name. Do it in Jesus' name. Speak to your mountain. Now, does the Lord know? I mentioned last night, but you can call. Brother Tenney's coming over to your district. You can ask him about this. He's pastoring DeRitter. And I was ministering. And I suddenly had a feeling somebody was missing. Somebody needed to 
I was preaching on the subject, say it and see it. Whenever you pray for something, see it. Amen. See yourself well. Begin to make plans. Praise God. Got a crippled foot, bring you a new pair of shoes where you can wear them home. Make plans. So I said, if you'll, right now, in Jesus' name, whoever it is, call their name and say they're going to the telephone, they're going to dial my number. One lady's boy is missing. There's what Brother Sister Tanny was telling me this. When she got home, the telephone's ringing. And it was her son. He said, Mom, I just felt like calling you. Yeah, sure she did. He did. He felt like calling because the Lord told him. He didn't know it. You know, the Lord can make people do things they don't know it's the Lord. The other lady, her brother had been missing 11 years. Nobody had heard from him. And sure enough, her phone started ringing. And the voice said, sis, it's me. I just felt like calling you. I want you to know God knows where we're at. He knows where we're at. I was going to Big Tent Revival. Not one of ours. Just going over to look on. The Lord showed me. I sat on the front seat right here. Going over, I told my wife and daughter and her girlfriend, I said, we're supposed to sit on the front seat. Well, we got there, and there was about 10,000 people there, and we sat down about a half a quarter back. Wife looked at me, and she said, it's a long ways from the front. But God never fails. The usher kept walking by looking at me. He didn't know me. Wasn't even one of their preachers. He finally came up and said, hey, he said, would you like to have a seat down front? I said, sure would. He said, come on. I said, well, my wife and these are with me. He said, bring them on. They put us on the front seat and them right behind me, just exactly as I saw it. When God says a thing, it'll be that way. Just mark it down in your book. It'll be that way. But I asked the Lord, I said, now, Lord, what about this? Why did you go to all the trouble to show me that? Just where I was going to sit. He said, I wanted you to know that I know where you're going to sit next week, next year, and throughout all eternity, son. I know everything. I just want you to know I know where you're going to be going. Amen. Not only T.W. Barnes, but all of his children. He could have told you a thousand years ago, we'd be in this camp tonight, and he could have marked the seat that you go, you're sitting in right now a thousand years ago. What am I saying this part of? Let you be conscious of the fact that you're not lost in the crowd. You are an individual in touch with Jesus Christ right there where you're sitting. It's so easy to get lost in the crowd. Say, well, look at this crowd. Don't mean a thing to him. He could talk to every person on the face of the earth at one time, carry on this conversation with every last one of them, a different subject. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I feel it. I feel a surge of power. 
You got somebody out telling you you want the devil to turn them loose and get out of the way? Now, if your boy's a drunkard and he's... You know about where he might be tonight sitting on in the bar somewhere drinking? If you're going to pray and leave him there, well, just don't pray. In your mind, the devil's going to get off his back. And you're going to see him leaving. And you're going to see him coming home. And you're going to see him coming to church. Everybody say it if you ask. Anything in my name. Believing, it shall be done. Say it with me. All things are possible unto them that believe. Say this with me. Jesus said it. In my name. In my name. You shall cast out devils. You shall cast out devils. Did he say it? Then why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Stand to your feet. Everybody say in Jesus' name. We take authority and dominion over the demons that are troubling our loved ones. This night, take your hand off Satan. In Jesus' name. Oh Lord, bring them home. Bring them home, Jesus. Listen to this. They brought a devil-possessed woman deep in witchcraft and spiritualism. And the devil sealed her lips when she sat in my office and she could not speak for herself. I said, you devil, you do not have the authority. She's a free moral agent. You don't have the authority to seal her lips. She's got a right. God created her a free moral agent. She has a right to speak for herself. Now you're going to get out, you can wait on the front doorsteps. And if she wants you, she can have you when she goes out. But if she wants Jesus, you as well to get going. Now I said, you devil, come out of her. She's a free moral agent. God created her that way. Let her speak for herself. And he left. I said, all right, he's waiting out there. 
Who do you want to serve, Jesus or the devil? She said, I'm going to serve Jesus. And I laid my hands on her and she began to speak with tongues. Because everybody has a right to make a decision. The devil has no right to bind and to hinder. And a lot of times we let the rascal tie up our whole household when he ain't got no business coming under our roof. If you'll plead the blood in the name of Jesus on every door, I don't care who it is comes in, the devil's gonna have to stay outside. He can't come in. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Oh, that the church would wake up and take her God-given authority. It's time to have revival. It's time to loose people from demon power. It's time. Everybody saying, Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. We bind the demons. That's hindered revival in California. In the name of Jesus, we bind them. Lord, send revival. Turn this district upside down. With a Jesus name, Holy Ghost Apostolic Revival. a dedicated church that don't know how to quit believing that's got a determination of steel that'll stay with it till revival breaks out in their city and spreads from one end to the other we can't have it we will have it you believe it's the will of God to send a revival oh yes sir amen we give up too quick sometimes just before the great move breaks. If they'd have stopped marching around the walls the 12th time, they'd have never fell. There had to be that certain amount of times. When Jonah was in the bed of the whale, the one thing got him out, he refused to be governed by surrounding circumstances. He couldn't see nothing, feel nothing, hear nothing, smell nothing, taste nothing that didn't encourage him to believe. 
There was not one thing in the living world but looking at things not seen. He turned his face toward the temple. God help us to learn how to look at things not seen. Looking in the invisible world where the power is, where the healing is, where the salvation is. I want our brother to sing Amazing Grace. I want to say again in closing here this night. To every sinner and every backslider, you can speak words this night that'll work wonders in your life. If that old prodigal son had went into a far country, spent everything he had, could speak words, just a few words, Father, I've sinned. And the father put his great big arms around him. That's right. He'll do it for you tonight, sinner. The devil's told you you're too mean. God's a specialist. He takes on big cases. He loves them. Mountains don't mean a thing to him. Amen. He loves the bigger the sin, the harder he hits it. Come on. Let Jesus Christ come into your life. If you come down here believing in his name and in the blood that stained the old rugged cross, you're going to get rid of your sins tonight. Everybody say, Jesus, loose every sinner and every backslider. In Jesus' name, fill with the Holy Ghost. I wonder how many will step out now all over this building at one time. Show the Lord you mean business and head this way. Come on. Everybody and grace Thank of it how sweet how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I was Saints back there, bring them with you. Just say, we'll come with you. We'll walk down. about it. Sing it. Church. Sing it. Church. How sweet. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Just confess your sins. He's just in faithful to forgive you. Right now he'll wash you with his precious blood. I'm found. Come on, I saints, pray with them. Come on. Somebody 
Some of you come down and you help us.